welcome to Cross Politics on the Fight Lab Feast. What were Network. you doing? No. What? What were you doing? I was talking, texting with Bonson. <laughs> okay, that's loud. Is that loud? <laughs> that's loud. Man, it's uh, it's good to be back. We actually, it, it, we're, he he he's texting me. He's like, I want to come on your show and talk about full time, full time. Yeah, but that is not what this show's about. It's it's political season. No. This political is, season. Yeah, this is. Uh, very, isn't it over? Very quiet. Isn't political season over? Trump I'm hunting politicians. <laughs> uh, hey, Gabe. Hey, there's a politician Gabe. coming on right now. Oh, be good. Oh. Be good. I threaten them. Hey, uh, winter cold and flu season can take a toll, especially when discipling your family and working to build Christendom. This winter. Try supplementing with vitamin C and antioxidant-rich elderberry elderberry syrup made from American black elderberries. Oh, I even got some for from you. The king- what in the world? Mm-hmm. You got some? Um, anyways, it's, uh, elderberries from the King's Ridge elderberries uh, grown right here in the United States of America. Our friends Trevor and Autumn own and operate the King's Ridge elderberry farm in East Central Indiana. Yeah. And they try to optimize every facet of their operation for freshness and maximum antioxidant content. I'm on that. All to the glory of God. Visit their website, tkrfarm.com. That's tkrfarm.com for all your elderberry syrup, cold pressed elderberry juice, or mm. fresh frozen elderberry needs. That's tkrfarm.com. You know so, what? So I, they, they gave us elderberry syrup, and it's made with Indiana-grown American elderberries, local raw honey, organic ginger, organic cinnamon, and clove. And actually, I'm, like, I'm actually excited about this because um, you can um, oh, wow, use it juicy. to add to, like if you have black tea, you can yeah. add uh, this elderberry to your black tea. I like to drink black tea. This is like syrup like you put on your pancakes. I mean, no, but no, uh, I like, will say this. It's like cough. No, it's like health, not cough. Syrup, I, maybe, I really like, like this stuff mainly because it's one of the things they told you you shouldn't take if you had COVID. And I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm using it. <laughs> You're like, what is that called again? Hydro- I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to order some of that right this now. This goes right next to hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> <in> the, <yeah. laughs> hey, we're really grateful to have with us Mr. Nick. Cupper, he is a U.S. Air Force veteran who faced pretty significant backlash while refusing the COVID vaccine. He is now a conservative candidate for Arizona House of Representatives in District LD25. Nick, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It's it's a real pleasure. Now, um, I, I want to we want to talk to you about uh, this um, Arizona House uh, race. But before getting there, I really do want to hear the, the story of um, your, um, I don't know what we want to call it, Adventures in, in COVID Tyranny. Uh, That's in, a good title. In, 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 the Air, <laughs> in the Air Force. I hear there's been a, a, a good outcome, but um, talk us through what happened for you in, in the Air Force. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a great name. It was uh, Adventures in COVID Tyranny, you know, and I think all of us kind of lived through Adventures in COVID Tyranny for a couple of years. Yes, we did. Unfortunately, you know, but, you know, God willing, he pulls us through, right? Amen. So for for me, uh, I I kind of went from from hero to zero in the Air Force's eyes. It had been, you know, I, I used to be kind of like the darling of the Air Force. I was Air Force Times Airman of the Year runner up. I was, you know, U.S. 10 outstanding Young Americans award winner. I'd even been nominated multiple times to work directly for the sector of the Air Force until the COVID mandate kicked in. And the biggest issue we had there was kind of twofold. 
uh, one was that they didn't have the approved version of the shot, right, ever available. Right. Yep. And the order we were given was to take the approved version of the shot. We're specifically directed as, as military members to disobey unlawful orders. Well, what ended up happening was they didn't have the approved version. So they were mandating everyone take the unapproved version. And then that's when they started trying to kick everybody out was based off of that unapproved version. And so that was, that was the first reason that I said, look, I'm, I'm not taking this thing. You know, I, I felt it in my heart. I felt like God was telling me this is, this is not for me. Yep. And I'm not going to go against what my God tells me. Right. So I filed a religious accommodation request trying to, you know, go through the proper channels that they give you right. and, you know, tell them my, my true belief. And like everybody else, we, mine got denied. My, my initial request got denied. My appeal got denied. The only people they approved were people who were already in their final six months before separation. And it's, it's funny because it's called an accommodation, right? Right. But in their, in their approval that they got, it specifically said, if you come back to base, we're going to revoke this. Hmm. And I was like, well, you're not accommodating anything. Yep. So I ended up being told I was going to get a separation package and Tucker Carlson's people reached out to me. Yep. So I went on his show and I, I told him, you know, everything that was going on. I didn't say anything that was, you know, not public knowledge. I only spoke about things that were you know, publicly available so I wouldn't get in trouble. And lo and behold, I, I still did. They ended up giving me a separation package a week after I was on Tucker's show. And then they gave me a surprise reprimand for talking to Tucker. And they even said in my reprimand that by talking to Tucker, I had emboldened our worldwide adversaries. Oh. So they effectively called me a traitor oh and in 19 goodness. years tried to kick me out. So long story short about that was there, I was in a lawsuit about it and there was another lawsuit seeking uh, relief just for Air Force members specifically. Mm-hmm. That lawsuit was uh, Doster v. Kendall. So it was against the Secretary of the Air Force. And the day after I got my separation package, God let that judge grant us an injunction. And that's what saved my career and, and got me to retire. So I retired as of uh, August 31st of this year. Okay. Wow. That's 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 crazy. Whoa. So how, how is traitor. it? I, yeah. I, I mean, help me understand. Yeah. How is it they said you, you should take the approved version? We don't have the approved version. What law do they have to say that you still had to take the unapproved version when there's it clearly states you're supposed to take the approved version? How do they get past that? So I, I think you guys all know how this current administration is, right? Yeah. And they like to bend rules uh, and, and I mean, shoot, break them right off, right? Yeah. So what they did is they had a, a, a woman who was the acting deputy undersecretary of defense for, the, for health at the time. Her name is Terry Adderham. They had her write up a memo that misused some wording in one of the FDA approval documents. And the FDA approval document was talking about the approved version and the unapproved version of Pfizer's shot because they were both available at the same time. Well, supposed to be available. Um, and what that document said was that they are two legally distinct vaccines with certain differences, but that they could technically be medically interchangeable. So Terry's memo directed all the health professionals within the military to administer them. And literally her words were, as if it was the licensed vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> like you, wow. like your, your memo alone admits it's not the licensed thing. Wow. Wow. So um, that's, I mean, praise God. Was our boy that- Davis Yunts involved in this? He wasn't involved directly with me, but Davis and I know each other. Yeah, yeah. Dave, Davis yeah. is the man. Yeah. Davis, yes, he's he always there. He is the man. So, yeah. so praise God for this um, outcome, uh, allowing you to uh, to retire as you did. Um, you are running now for Arizona House of Representatives um, in District uh, LD twenty five. Um, um, what is your plan? I mean, why, why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and what is your plan uh, for Arizona? 
Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> you're not the first person to ask me why I'm doing this, right? Somebody wants to jump into politics, they must be insane. Yeah. And, you know, I, I look at it as I'm still a young man, right? I'm 39 years old. I know I look like I'm probably 25, but, yeah. uh, you know, I got a whole lot of life in front of me and I, I served my country in the military for 20 years. And it's something where I'm not done serving. You know, I, I, I care very much about what the world that my children grow up in looks like. And the best way I know to take care of that is to step up and do it myself. Right. So here in my district, uh, in Arizona, we have we have 30 districts for our state house and our state Senate. And in each district, you get two representatives to the House and one to the Senate. Well, one of our two incumbents in this district is not going to run for the House seat again. He's going to run for the Senate seat. So effectively, there's an opening where no one else, you know, it has to be a new person no matter what. If there was a good conservative running there right now, good Christian conservative, I wouldn't be running against the guy. Like, there's no reason to beat up your own people. Right. right? But my concern is, okay, well, who's going to fill that void? Right. And I plan on making Arizona my home forever. You know, we've lived here for three years now. Uh, I don't feel like we can go back to Oregon where we're originally from. <laughs> and not not without indoctrinating our children. And I'm, I'm not going to allow that to happen. Yeah. So that that's really the why in it. You know, people all the time say, oh, I wish somebody would do this. And I wish somebody would do that. I can be the somebody, you know, and I'm not going to sit idly by and just let things, you know, go to hell, honestly. Yeah. And so as far as what I want to do, there, there's a lot of things I want to do. You know, the kind of the biggest issues here in Arizona I think everybody in the country knows is the border is one of them. Right. And so one of the things I want to do is I want the legislature to be able to declare an invasion. So we, we really do have an invasion here last year alone. We saw enough illegal immigrants, just the ones that we know of, not the gotaways that equaled 8% of our state's population. The last time that this country had an invasion was the war of 1812. And before that, the revolutionary war, right? We've been very insulated luckily here in this country, but even those invading forces only equal 2% of our population over eight years. So this, this is an invasion and it's something that we have to stop and, and not just for America's sake, but honestly, it's, it is a humanitarian issue, you know, especially for the families who do come over, which I know the majority of members who are coming across the border are military age males, which is something to be concerned about. But there are families. And then when we're incentivizing them to come across the illegal way, you know, what harms are we putting them at? You know, we're, we're putting them at the whims of smugglers and different things like that. So I'm concerned for them too. So I, I want to secure our border. And I think Arizona if we declare an invasion, right, I think we can take a lot more of our state's rights and we can actually enforce that border regardless of what the federal government's going to do. Why don't you just declare a health emergency? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I do that, right, then I could probably just become unlimited powers. Unlimited <laughs> like, powers. Yeah. You can have all the migrants get vaccinated and uh, you can tell them to stay home, I, actually. You can actually tell we, them to we, stay we, home. We don't want to stay in Mexico. We don't wanna... You have to stay home. <laughs> You can't come out of your house in Mexico. So you're not going to be his assistant. (laughs) That's why Gabe's not running for house in Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) I got great ideas. Call me anytime. So, Nick, tell me, what are the, so that's something that you want to do, but is that one of the number one concerns as part of LD District 25, is it? Did I get that right? It is. The border is definitely maybe the biggest issue here. So LD 25, I live in Surprise, Arizona, but this district cuts all the way down to Yuma and Yuma is one of our border towns. Yeah. Yuma alone, over the past the three years that Biden's been in office, has seen six hundred thousand crossings illegally. Yeah, that's six times the population of Yuma. Well, and that's funny because Chicago and New York they don't have those kind of numbers infiltrating there, and they can't handle it at all. I mean, it must have a huge economic uh, drain on the people there. It really does, and you know, one thing that most of America doesn't realize is Yuma, the Yuma area produces 90% of all the leafy greens for the entire continent of North America in the winter. 
So, you know, we have such great weather down here, right? Yeah. Well, in the last year alone, we've lost a million dollars of crop from illegal immigrants either sleeping or just walking through there or honestly urinating, stuff like that. On top of that, Yuma County has had to spend $100,000 already on porta potties and hand sanitizer stations trying to encourage illegals to stay out of our fields. So, and that's just one, one small aspect of the financial cost that our farmers are seeing. Wow. What is your thoughts on like how Greg Abbott, the Supreme Court, what just ruled there in Texas? A hundred percent support what Greg Abbott's doing. That being said, I'm not a fan of the Supreme Court's ruling. However, I, I hear a lot of people, I've seen it on Twitter today, for instance, a lot of people are asking, should we just ignore the Supreme Court? I very much disagree with that. That's a slippery slope, right? If we're ignoring the Supreme Court, the other side's going to ignore the Supreme Court. And the next thing you know, we've honestly lost our government. Well, they already are. Biden, so, the Biden administration is already ignoring the Supreme right. Court decision. But we can't play dirty if they're playing dirty, right? Um, well, like, we still got to follow what God God wants us to do. You know, God, yeah. we I guess the question, we can't get down in the mud with them. The que- yeah, th- no, I think that that's right. Like, in terms of, um, like, actually ignoring the Constitution. But the, yeah. I guess the question would be, but if... What happens if the Supreme Court, you know, basically says the federal government doesn't have to follow the Constitution, or you can kill your babies? The, the, you know. I mean, the, the I mean, the Constitution does give uh, the federal government um, their their task. They're the first line of defense for securing borders. That's, yeah, that's clearly true. there. But what happens when they're not doing that? Is there a place then to say, well, if the Supreme Court says you can't defend your own border, can Arizona? Like, would is there not a place where, for Arizona to say, well? We would we'd be glad for you to do this since it is your job, but we have to do it for our own people. No, that's a good question. And you're, you're right. So as far as I'm a huge proponent of states' rights, the Constitution even specifically says that any right that is not directly given to the federal government is reserved to the states. That's right. The way the Constitution reads, it doesn't directly say that the border is only the federal government's responsibility. Right. Right. So that that's kind of where I say, you know, if we declare an invasion, we can take care of our own border. Now, with the Supreme Court thing, I haven't read the full the full ruling on them. I don't know if, we, if you guys have or only read the one page on it. It's not 100 percent clear to me that they're saying that the federal government is allowed to take over every aspect of it down there. Right. It's just that they're allowed to be in the area. Yeah, so that, that was my understanding of the reading of it. And I think it, it may potentially, unless you guys have read it differently, may potentially have been a little bit blown out of proportion today. Yeah. And I, and I think, I mean, wasn't part of it. I, I have not read the whole thing either, Nick, but I, I think part of it was I'm actually kind of a narrow ruling on like the cutting of the, the barbed wire fences. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Yes. Like that. Yeah. So it's not even a full ruling. I, no, I, I think, no. I think you're right, Nick, on that. So there's still more, more to come. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, and it also said it was only until uh, as, as litigation continues. Right. So they only get to have access to the area until potentially they might rule the way that, you know, we all believe they should. Yeah. Uh, let me read this ad and then uh, keep going. Kepler is an online marketplace for classical Christian education that assures parents maintain their agency without forfeiting the assistance and the expertise of qualified conservative Christian teachers. Kepler offers university model courses in the classical tradition that fits your schedule and your budget. You can visit www.kepler.education that's k-e-p-l-e-r.education and use our simple search tool to find the course and teacher that meets your child's needs or simply ask for help to get assistance from a real human being 
I always love that part. <laughs> Having real humans. Hey, Nick, I'm wondering what else, you know, this is really interesting. As you talk about Arizona, it's really helpful because I'm understanding so much more about what's going on in other states, how our, um, how some of the problems we have are united or, or, or important for us to worry about for other people. What are other things happening in Arizona that maybe a lot of people don't know about that you care about that you want to help change here? Water is, is probably the next biggest thing. And honestly, it's, it's, you know, the border, of course, is, is huge, but water in Arizona is is ridiculous. You know, it, I think no one in this country hasn't seen what's happening to the Colorado River, right? And looking at the reservoirs that the Colorado feeds, they, they've dropped so far that, you know, they're worried now that the Hoover Dam may not have enough water pressure to continue to turn, turn those turbines, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But regardless of the, of the turbines and everything, you know, we have a huge population here in Arizona that people don't realize Phoenix is the third largest city in the country. Yeah. No one really talks about it, but it is, you know, mm. and the more people you have, the more water you're going to need. Right. And on top of that, like I mentioned before, with the Yuma area providing all those leafy greens, you know, 90% for the whole continent in the winter, like we need a lot of water for our agriculture down here. So one of the solutions we're looking at, and I was talking with uh, Congressman Gosar about this recently, is they're looking at piping water up from the from the Gulf, right? And then desalinating it. So getting the salt out of it and piping all the way up here. But the thing is that takes a whole lot of power. So what we would like to do is have modular nuclear facilities that would provide the power to do that. And Arizona has the largest nuclear facility in the whole country already, and it's gone fine. But the federal government hasn't approved a nuclear design other than for its subs and stuff since the 1970s. And the last one that was built was the 1980s. So we're literally, our entire country is operating up 1970s nuclear technology. Again, You can't tell me we can't do something better. Again, I got another solution. I got the same solution. Just declare a health emergency order and and then you can start planning. (laughs) Pretty soon it will be. (laughs) You don't have water. Exactly. You don't have water. You can declare it and then you can build your own nuclear facility. There we go. I'm full of good ideas. Do you, thank you. Thank uh, so you. I'm also wondering, so as you said, the seat is open and if there was a conservative guy running, you said you wouldn't run. Do you have, is it, who is running against you? What's the contested? options if you don't win? Yeah. So there's, there's uh really three of us who kind of have a shot at this seat right now. Well, like I said, so there's two seats available total, right? So the one incumbent, okay. likely he's going to win again into his seat. He's a good guy. Michael Carbone's his name. I like him a lot. And then the other gentleman who's running his name is Gary Garcia Snyder. Now he's out of Yuma, but what's interesting is, he ran in a completely different district last year for a completely different seat. And he recently moved into this district just so he could try to get this seat. So to me, that, that comes Carpet across bagger. a little bit opportunistic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, I think he's probably a decent guy overall, but I, I don't think he's the right guy for a seat. I am, you know, and if I don't get the seat, that's God's plan, right? God may have something else for me, but I, I truly feel God's put me in this position at this time for a reason. You know, he sent me to Arizona for a reason. So, so Nick, how do you, um, I can't tell you how many either people I knew or supported or voted for, or just kind of watched this process happen where they get elected and then they go down to Boise or in this case, um, oh my gosh, where's the capital of Arizona? Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> Is it Phoenix the capital? Yeah. That's where everything's done at? He okay. knows. All yep. right. All right. I'm just just checking. Just checking to see if you if you okay. But like they get elected and then I feel like they become a totally different person after one session down there. I mean, I think of our friend Russ, Russ Fulcher. Um, you know, one of our local representatives, Brandon Mitchell, where I feel like he's just kind of gotten a little soft. Um, and this is I mean, those are just two guys off the top of my head, but like an you know, um Raul Raul Labrador is not who he's told us he is. Um I mean how do you go down there or what are you thinking? What's your process? You get elected and it seems like all of a sudden um, 
you you want to get reelected. You want to be liked. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And so you start playing the game in Phoenix. Yeah, I don't play games. So what I can tell that's you what is they all told the thing. That's what they all tell no, me. No, no, no. That's fine. <laughs> They're not me. So here's here's the difference between me and, and anybody else, honestly, is that what galvanized me to realize that I could do this and not change who I am and not not, you know, go against my values and what I believe in was this COVID fight with the military, right? Yeah. I had this conviction. I had this, you know, God put this on my heart that this was not what I was going to do. I wasn't going to take the shot, right? I wasn't going to kowtow to something that was illegal. And everybody in this world has convictions, right? But how often do we really get to test that conviction until the end when you see your career facing you, losing everything, right? And I have a daughter daughter in a wheelchair with severe disabilities and I was going to lose all my medical. But in the end of it, it didn't matter what was going to happen to me, what the punishment was, because doing what was wrong was still wrong. It, you know, it doesn't matter. Everybody used to say, you know, oh, I had to take the shot because I was going to lose my job. I had to take the shot because I needed to travel. I had to, I had to. I had. We don't have to. Yeah. You have to do what's right. And so when I was able to stand up to that with everything on the line and still hold strong to my convictions, that proved to myself, if nobody else, that when I go into politics, like it doesn't matter what happens. I'm still going to do the right thing the entire time. That's, All right, that, that's some bona fides right there. Yeah. I'll take that. that, that no, that's yeah. absolutely. He's got yeah. he's got some he's got some arrows in his yeah, back. Yeah, but how you feel about Trump? <laughs> Trump, I'm a fan. So mm. I wish Trump would shut up more. Honestly, <laughs> like I'll be real. Like you know that 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 uh, it was like first or second debate last time with Biden. I had just moved here to Arizona, and I was like yelling at the television like I was watching a football game because I was just like, "Shut up! He will fail himself. Just let Biden say stuff." He's yeah. He yeah. does it all the time. You don't have to yeah. come across as a jerk. Yeah. You know, and I think Trump's gotten a lot better about that recently. Yeah. But he's he's still Trump. He's you know, he's got a big mouth. But overall, I'm a fan. So. So you were riding with him this whole time. You weren't with Nikki Haley. You weren't with Ron DeSantis. <laughs> oh, that was a joke. I'm doing stand up all of a sudden. I, 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 think, I think Nikki's whiter than, than Nick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I'm not a Nikki Haley fan. Uh, you know, DeSantis, I think he's been a fantastic governor. And I was I was kind of excited when he first announced his campaign because I thought, OK, you know, he he really showed some moxie down there in Florida. But I don't, I don't know if he just got bad advice or what it was. But running that campaign of his, I mean, he was a different man. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not saying anything he said was wrong, per se, but he just came across as weak and ineffectual. You know what I mean? And that's not what we need. Like we're, we're fighting a real spiritual war here. Right. We need somebody who's strong. Nick, do, do, and he just didn't come across that way. Does um, you know, one, I think one of the things that at least some folks that are that are really question Trump is particularly on the vax. The, yeah, the way he handled COVID, Doctor Fauci, the vaccine. I mean, that he brags about warp speed, you know, right. all this kind of stuff. As somebody who fought that um, and got the, you know, I mean, you you felt that far more than even many of us did as bad as it was. Does that not give you any second thoughts at all? Oh, I very much do not like how he handled any of that. You know, I think he, he let his ego get in the way, right? He saw an opportunity to score a whole lot of points is what, what, what I see it as, yeah. you know, thinking like, Oh, I solved this, this pandemic or whatever it might be. And he surrounded himself with the bad people. He allowed them to make a lot of calls. And he got himself dug into a hole where he didn't want to admit his fault. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest problems with us humans in general, right? Like we, we don't like admitting when we're wrong. It's, it's very hard for us to swallow, you know, that, that big slice of humble pie. Yep. 
And so, no, I'm, I'm not happy at all with how he did that. I haven't liked how for years he keeps trying to, you know, he still won't admit it, that he was wrong about it, right? right. He wants to say that the vaccine was a good thing or whatever else. That's right. That being said, if my two options, well, let's say three options. If For the primary, my two options are Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. I'm going to pick Donald Trump all day, every day. Right. He's the first president that hasn't brought us into a new war. And Nikki Haley, I 100% believe, would be more than happy to start World War III. Yeah. And as, as a former military member myself, and as of a dad, someone who's going to be 18 next year, um, I'm a little worried about what might happen, right? I don't mm. want them being drafted off to some war that we have zero Ooh. need to be in. Yeah, right. You know, I got to ask you with all the DEI stuff um, and kind of the whole trans, I think we have a few different trans people inside of the higher levels of our military. Um, a lot of people are questioning the ability for us to be war ready. Well, where's your take on that right now? How do you see with all the social justice stuff coming in and, the trans movement, the LGBTQ, legitimate stuff. Where do you think our readiness is for war? We're not ready for war. Not, not, with, not with a bunch of the different things we're doing, whether it's the alphabet soup community, because there's too many letters for me to say, yep. or whether you know, it's, it's with all the people who were forced out during the COVID vaccine mandate. Because mm. you know, they talk about in the news about 8,600 roughly service members got kicked out. What they don't talk about is the tens of thousands who were told, if you don't voluntarily leave, we're going to kick you out and you're going to lose everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So we lost a huge portion. Our military now is the smallest it's been in 80 years. And we're facing the worst threats that we've faced since World War II, honestly. You know, China is China is a big, powerful country. Russia is showing that they're not as weak as everybody seemed to think they were. You know, I mean, think of all the sanctions and everything we put on and that country's still going and still fighting. You know, honestly, they're not really even trying to gain ground in Ukraine. They're just trying to hold it until Ukraine gives up, until the rest of the West gives up. And they're going to, unfortunately. Right. But no, it's uh. It, all this DEI stuff, it's its really weakened us. And it, it's gotten to the point where you're, it really truly is a purge of conservative Christians out of the military mm-hmm. is what they're trying to do. They're trying to remake it just like they're trying to remake our entire country with what they're doing with the open border. Mm. I want to, I want to ask you um, as somebody, I mean, obviously um, I really appreciate um, your stand. I really appreciate your courage um, again, again, particularly with this, the, the, the COVID insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I mean, use that as, a, as, a, as an opening, but then think a little more broadly. How, for you as a Christian, how, how does your faith um, impact, um, like, how will it impact, for example, how you think about legislation, how you think about um, serving Arizona? Uh, so often, and I think maybe this is a little what, what, what Gabe was getting at, too, but, like, so often it's kind of vague, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I have Christian values and they, they, you know, there's sort of political ways of saying that, that sort of are polite and God bless America and all this kind of thing. But um, it seems like for you, it's, it's a little bit more tangible. It's a little more concrete. And I want to know like, so how does um, your Christian values, like how do your convictions, how do they touch down um, in, in how you live your life and how you would serve Arizona? The first thing I'd say is that, I have a very aggressive stance with, with what I do based on my, my, my belief and my, my walk with God. You know, God didn't, doesn't want us to sit back and constantly ask him, what do I do next? What do I do next? What do I do next? Right? He gave us gifts and talents for a reason. He said, go forth. So the way I look at it is I'm running down a hallway of open doors and I'm going to go exactly as fast as I possibly can in the direction I believe he wants me to go until he slams the door in my face. And then I'll realize I've gone the wrong direction. Right? But he, he put things on our heart for a reason. And it's something where I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to waste the gifts and the talents that he's given me and the path that he's put me on. Right. And then at the end of the day, I have one person to answer to, and that's God, you know? So if I don't live my life 
And if I don't do the things in office that are going to please God, I'm going to have to answer to him when I get up there. And I want to have a good answer when I get there. Nick, where can people find out about your campaign um, and understand more about you? So they can go to my website, nickcupper.com. It's K-U-P-P-E-R. I always like to say it's it's like supper with a K. Yep. Uh, but nickcupper.com. And on there, you know, if, if they're here in my district, they can they can sign the petition to get my name on the ballot. We need about 800 signatures total to get on there. You can't buy your way on here in Arizona like you can in Oregon. Oh. And then, uh, yeah, shot to my old state. <laughs> and uh, additionally there, you know, it's campaigns are stupid expensive, honestly. Like it, it's ridiculous. It's going to cost roughly three times as much money as I'm going to make in the position just to run the campaign. Mm. So if anyone feels it in their heart, if they got deep pockets or even if they just got 20 bucks, they want to throw my way. I'm more than happy. You know, there's a contribution link there on the website. They can learn all they want to know about me. Uh, I mean, heck, heck, they can Google me and find out I used to be an American Ninja Warrior if they want to. So I knew there's something about you I recognize. I, I, I just, I just was gonna, I was gonna say that I just was, I was googling you. I, I, <laughs> I admit it. I was like Salem man on American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, you were from Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Nick, you, you got some time to hang out with us just a little bit more. Absolutely. All yeah. right, we're gonna talk. We're gonna find out if Nick is a Christian nationalist, um, what church he goes to, and. Um, yeah, if he has communion every week. We'll find that out next. <laughs> if you're single, get married. If you're married, have you get some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. You sit in church week after week, embracing the truth of God's word. You believe the gospel and claim Jesus Christ as your Lord. Yet you continue to struggle with pornography. You feel like a hypocrite, returning to the sin you hate that mocks the God you love. You desperately wonder, is lasting freedom even possible? Yes, you can overcome pornography, but not alone. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Only by repeatedly running from sin to Christ with other believers can you hope to enjoy lasting freedom. You can live with purity and integrity. Take courage, seek accountability, and do whatever is necessary. Get equipped at accountabletoyou.com.